Steve Nerlick, Cheap Astronomy. So folks, trying something a bit different this week. You know how when you've got a job and your boss goes on leave and says, oh, just look after this, can you, Steve? And it's like, oh my God, I'm on collision course. So with your forbearance, I thought I'd try another Astronomy Without a Telescope article, which I've managed to write on a weekly basis for Universe Today for most of this year. So here goes. Astronomy Without a Telescope. Much Ado About Nothing. One of the most intriguing things in cosmology is empty space. That apparent spatial emptiness that didn't obviously exist before the Big Bang. Although classical physics would have it that energy may neither be created or destroyed, it's certainly the case that empty space is being created in abundance as the universe expands. This empty space is something you can move through Although moving is something you can only do over time, so we should really talk about it being space-time. There was apparently no time before the Big Bang expansion also created space, and from there the two have always gone together as a package. From a quantum perspective, a vacuum is a zero-point field, essentially the baseline, or ground state, of a quantum mechanical physical system. Einstein and Stern established the idea of zero-point energy, described as a residual energy that might remain in the system even at absolute zero. Supporting this notion is the finding that vacuum energy is a real effect measurable in a laboratory, at least at nanoscales. For example, the Casimir effect. There's a diagram here. The Casimir effect. Two metallic plates with neutral charge are positioned nanometers from each other within a vacuum. Quantum vacuum fluctuations between the plates are constrained, because there's not much room between the plates, while those outside the plates are not constrained. This leads to a net imbalance of forces, which actually pushes the plates inwards towards each other. And then the story continues from here. However, there's not much within this fascinating phenomenon that really helps explain why the universe is expanding. Quantum field theory predicts a zero-point energy density 120 orders of magnitude higher than what can be observed. This outcome is known as the vacuum catastrophe, terminology that harks back to the classical ultraviolet catastrophe which predicted that blackbody radiation should approach infinite energies at short wavelengths. Max Planck's solution to that formed the basis of quantum mechanics. So there's a problem. In cosmology, the vacuum catastrophe can be reconsidered as what's called the cosmological constant problem, since if the cosmological constant is equivalent to the universe's vacuum energy, then it should be the same as the figure predicted by quantum field theory, rather than the much smaller figure we observe, or at least the figure needed to make Einstein's field equations fit observational data. The anthropic principle can be invoked here by proposing that vacuum energy varies locally, so at a very large scale the overall energy density might still fit with what's predicted by quantum mechanics. 
Here, of course, locally means the scale of our observable universe, so we live in a local downward fluctuation of vacuum energy, which is amenable to galaxy formation and the evolution of intelligent life, so really we are just looking out from a very, very small corner of the real universe and naively assuming there's something wrong with quantum mechanics. String theory apparently raises the possibility of repeated cycles of high-energy mass-density big bangs and big crunches, which have been slowly running down a primordial cosmological constant to the much weaker level we can observe today in this current iteration of the universe. But of course, that's quantum theory. Someone working with Einstein field equations might point out that Einstein put the cosmological constant in his formula for the purpose of avoiding a universe that either expanded or contracted. It's as though he had to add something extra in to balance the fact that expansion seems to be an innate property of space-time. You can run the Einstein field equations for a hypothetical universe devoid of any mass or energy, and it still expands. So, in conclusion, empty space is a mystery, and all this current talk about dark energy implies we know more about it than we really do. Sure, dark energy is dark, but it's not altogether likely it is energy, unless it's an energy that is somehow constrained by some other undetectable phenomenon. We should just call dark energy, huh? Standing for hold understanding here while we go out and get more data. So there you go, that was much ado about nothing. Because Universe Today is a blog, the article is followed by lots of comments. Comments I get tend to range from a couple of just plain generous-hearted compliments to people who just come in and say, you know, that reminds me of something I read by Huckerman and Salisbury where they propose that to people who go, hmm, well really, what you should have said is, now I don't mind the latter, And I reckon maybe 50% of them are right. And maybe that's why the column is at least a little bit popular. Just because folks are checking in to see what that Learner Driver Australian has come up with this week. Some of the comments for this article included bagging that anthropic principle idea, to which I was able to note it was actually straight out of an article by Steven Weinberg, who is kind of a legend in the cosmology Big Bang astrophysics game, So that felt good. Also, various folks championed their own pet theories and generally geeked out with speculations on what dark energy really is. If regular listeners remember the podcast where I interviewed my dad, you might recall he reckons dark energy is a load of old bollocks. And although I just don't know, that conversation was enough for me to suggest here that we are kind of drawing a long bow to say it's dark energy... Okay, it's dark, but energy? Really? Isn't that just kind of guessing? One person commented at length that Einstein had suggested that rather than energy being a driving force, there was really just a natural curvature to space-time, which makes the universe unfold in the way that universes naturally do. Anyway, that was one week of astronomy without a telescope. Or, as I prefer to think, eh, what? Steve Nerlick, Cheap Astronomy.